Ciao and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. This podcast came about because of my passion for Luca and I decided to self-fund the project. I've been overwhelmed with the response and would dearly love for it to continue. So if you enjoy the episode, you can help by visiting the Kofi supporter webpage and donate what you can. You can find the link in the episode notes or on my webpage, lifeinluca.podbean.com. Thank you. This week, I interview Deborah Colker. From Australia to Banya de Luca, her travels and experiences around Italy have led her to create two extremely successful blogs, Bella Banya de Luca and Banya de Luca and Beyond. Both blogs are read and admired around the globe. Deborah is a fountain of knowledge. The eyes for those unable to visit and also those who want a taste of the Italian lifestyle from their armchairs. Here's the episode. So, Deborah, ciao and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. Uh, I'm absolutely delighted that you're on the podcast. One of the main reasons is because it's not restricted to Centro Storico Luca. It's also to include the province and you actually live in the province. I mean, I reckon we met about 10 years ago, 2011 in Bar Italia. That sounds about right. Yeah, in Ponte Seraglio. So uh, I was particularly interested when I met you because you are the creator of two blogs. So can you tell me a little bit about them? Okay, well, the first blog I started to write was Banya de Luca and Beyond, and that's uh, 2009 I started that. And it was because we had lots of friends come to stay at our apartment in Banya de Luca, and I used to give them a little booklet with things to do and how to find their way around, and they would invariably leave it behind. (laughs) So I thought that I would put something that they could access from anywhere in the world. And uh, so it started off just being about Bani de Luca and where to eat and what to do. And then it sort of grew. I was quite surprised when I started getting a following and it started to include all my travels, mostly in Italy but anywhere in the world. So at its height in 2012, I was probably getting, you know, a 1,000 hits a day. Wow. And I went from having a handful of followers to having 10,000. So it happened reasonably quickly, so it was quite exciting. And yeah. You get this need to feed it all the time. <laughs> um, but then if, because it grew away from just Banya de Luca, I started another one called Bella Banya de Luca to take it back to just being in the area. So I've visited every one of the 25 villages that make up Banya de Luca and taken photos and and I write about the restaurants and the activities that are going on in Banya de Luca. But one of the nicest things about it is that people write to me from all over the world and say, you photograph my grandmother's house. Oh. <laughs> and she, she, so I've got followers, a lot in America because a lot of people from Banya de Luca, went to live in America. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of followers who, <clears throat> who who were born or their ancestors were born in Banya de Luca who like to follow it to see what's going on. And it's, it's nice. Some of them have never been back. No. Um, it's amazing the number of people who were involved in the the gesso industry in, in Banya de Luca, making the figurines. Oh, I don't know about that. What's, tell me about uh, that. They, there were a lot of factories that made figurines out of gesso. What, what do we call it? We, I can't think of what we call it, but they're plaster. Oh, yeah. Plaster moulds, and they make um, usually religious figures, and they were shipped all over the world. And there were several factories in Banya de Luca that just made those. So as people left, they took those skills with them. So a lot of the people who write uh, are plasterers. Oh. You know, they make plaster moulds for fireplaces or they've taken what their skills and and used them somewhere else. So it's really an interesting history of Banya de Luca. It is, and it's also because the more I learn about Banya de Luca, the more I re- it's quite a hub, isn't it? And it it's is, quite- yeah, and it's quite it's surprising because it's, you know, it's 25 scattered villages mm. around the on either side of the river, so mm. it's not even cohesive. No. But it's it's amazing how many people 
have come from there, and and it's it's, it's, it's quite amazing. And it's got a history because it was part of the Grand Tour, mm-hmm. um, and lots got a very there's a lot of British connections there because the the British people went on the Grand Tour and and they went to Banyaluluka to take the waters, and it had the, has the first uh, casino built in Europe in 1837. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of gambling there. Mm-hmm. The casino was actually, it funded the hospital. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, the profits from the, the casino funded the hospital. And there was a lot of, lot of English, a lot of poets went there, Byron, Shelley, the Barrett Brownings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an English cemetery, isn't there? There's an English cemetery, yes, and there's an English church, mm-hmm. which had to be built to not look like a church. Oh, they got special permission to build an English church, but it was not to look like a church. <laughs> so, and it now houses the library. Oh, yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's a lovely building, but it deliberately doesn't look like a church. Mm. Well, I when I when I um, first started coming to this area, mm-hmm. I stayed in Banya de Luca. And then travel to Luca for the day. Yeah. But now it's turned round a little bit, and I stay in Luca, yeah. and, I, and I travel to Banya de Luca. I put my bike on the train, but uh, so it's got a train station. It's also got a bus service, and um, the three main villages. But please correct me if I'm wrong. Are Fornali, yep. Pontia Seraglio, mm-hmm. and La Vila in the valley. They're the most populous um, and they're the easiest to access because there is the train station at Fornley and there's a bus service that goes from Fornley, Ponte Serrano and La Vila. There are other buses that then go out to the other villages mm. but there's only one or two a day so mm. it's, they're quite difficult to access with public transport but the, the three along the river mm. are very easily accessed. And they're very pretty as well aren't they? <laughs> well, I think so. I think yeah. Ponte is the prettiest mm. and well, I'm biased. <laughs> well no I do too. I do too. I mean um, what, what I like about what you do you've got a lovely old bridge over the river. Well actually the bridge is n- not that old. Oh is it not? No the original one was bombed in the Second World War. It was destroyed because Annie de Luca's on the linear Gothic and the Gothic, Gothic line the, the most northern of the of the defence lines that the Germans built from east to west in Italy. So there was a lot of fighting in our area. <clears throat> and the bridge was bombed and destroyed. And then the Allies came through and put a Bailey's Bridge up. And the new one was built after the war. You can see the remnants of the old bridge in the river. Oh, I hadn't known that either. Yeah, so yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, and my apartment's right on the bridge. So it's, well, that's what I look. Whenever I, I come, I can see I can see your 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 apartment, and you always have the most beautiful flower boxes. But what you also do is you extend extend them to the bridge, don't you? And you that's put my front yard, so I plant flowers <laughs> on the bridge. Yeah. But it's lovely because everybody you know can see them, and you know, and it's a, a lovely warm welcome. Yeah, it's nice. And then Marco, who who used to do the the flowers on the bridge got sick and was not able to do it anymore so I asked if I could take over Mm. so I've been doing it for I don't know maybe 12 years yeah wow yeah yeah so um so so the 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 blocks um are Bella Banya de Luca and Banya de Luca and beyond Mm. and I think I've I've mentioned to you before there's two things when I'm not here Mm -hmm. they are to me the next best thing to being here. Well, that, that's it's a connection for people mm. who have an interest in the area. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And also, if I'm going to be going somewhere, <laughs> so anywhere, because the Banyadulupa and beyond that that takes you, you know, all all over Italy and well, and other places too. But um, so so if I I'll, I'll give you for instance, a few weeks ago I was going to Pietra Santa, and I've been before. Mm-hmm. But I thought, oh, I wonder if Deborah's been recently. Lots of times, I love it. <laughs> I think we all love Pietra yes, Santa, don't beautiful we? Place. And you you you'd uh, recently been in a uh, been and been in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and um, I actually went in that restaurant for my supper while I was yeah. there, and it was a, an amazing recommendation because I always know wherever you recommend to stay or whether you wherever you recommend to eat. It's always going to be of a good, a good quality and it's always going to be well, a good I only write about things that I like. If I mm. don't like something, I generally don't write about it because no. I don't really want to do negative things. Mm-hmm. But it's actually a good um, record for me as well because mm. we've travelled all over Italy and you think you'll remember a place, mm. but you don't. Mm. So I can go back and look at my own blog and say, oh, Urbino, yeah, that's where I am. <laughs> that was 
it's really good. So. And you're also an excellent photographer. Oh, thank you. So yeah. the, the photographs are just stunning. They pick... I mean, I'm a, I'm a point and click on oh, the phone. So am I. I don't do, I don't do any um, enhancing or... or really? Any, the most I'll do is maybe crop a rubbish bin out of a corner. <laughs> yeah. But apart from that, I don't mm. play with them at all. I think you need to see a place as it is, mm. not in some manufactured colour or mm. make it look like something it isn't. No, that's true. Yeah. But they are. I mean, you, you take photographs and the photographs are really detailed. So you'll have plants and flowers... And they're perhaps ones that I haven't seen before. And you also give quite a detail about them and explain the name of them and what well, time of year they're they flower. The, the blog has made me more observant. Oh. Before I started writing it, you, know, you just go to a place and you sort of wander through and you might like it. But <clears throat> once I was writing the blog, I deliberately looked for things that mm. might be of interest. Mm. So it's made me more observant. Well, I, I can I can see that because I know when you go places, you'll take a photograph and it'll be, you'll take a big photograph. So say it's a doorway and there'll be the doorway in the property. And then you'll zoom in and you'll take, and you'll notice a little gargoyle or yeah. um, a, a door knocker or... Yeah, I like details. Yes, yeah. Possibly because of my fashion background. Probably, yeah. 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 Just, I like the details. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. But I will put links to the um, to both your blogs in mm-hmm. case any of the listeners are interested in, in yeah. you know in, in looking at because they really are worth looking at and the the archive in them you know like I say you can look back through the archive you can just put a search in for Pontius Aurelio or Pietro Santa or Viareggio yeah. yeah. yes yeah everywhere I've been yeah so we have actually been to most areas in Italy mm. well we've been coming here now since two thousand and three wow and I actually was married to an Italian and mm-hmm. I lived in Italy uh, from 1972 for a year and my son was born in Sorrento. Wow. And that was my introduction to Italy, the Amalfi Coast, which I still think is the most beautiful part of Italy. Mm-hmm. My son got married there in 2016. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful, isn't it? Is. It is. It's lovely. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Lo- it was another world. I lived in a tiny village. Mm. Between Sorrento and Positano. Oh. In a family compound with grapevines and Angelo's brothers were fishermen and they used to walk down about 200 steps every day to the, their boat and then walk back in the afternoon with oh. their catch. <laughs> oh, that sounds on, beautiful. With baskets on their heads. Yes, really? Yeah, so, <laughs> and, yes, Marie would be waiting there with a bucket of water, a tub of water to wash his feet. Then, oh, really? And then she'd um, <laughs> cook the fish that he'd brought home. So I still remember being given a bread roll with anchovies dripping with oil. Yeah, oh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, tra- traditional, traditional yeah, way yeah, to eat no, them. It was, it's not a... 50 years ago, so, you know, it doesn't... It was another world. It was I'll, quite, quite um, a total other world. I'll it's not like that anymore. No, I was going to say, Sorrento's quite... Now it's quite a, a tourist destination, isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. When, when I was there, I mean, it was really... The season was June, July, August. And that was and, it. And now it's pretty much most of the year. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I think I went in the 70s, but just once. Mm. And um, it was... Um, was quite different. Yeah, but you know things change. Mm-hmm. But in Bani de Lucas, not really changed much in the time that I've been there. Luca has. Yeah, Luca's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. When we first came, because uh, we wanted to buy in Luca, mm-hmm. but it was more expensive than we, we we didn't want to have that much money tied up overseas mm. and we didn't know what we were going to do with the apartment mm. we didn't want to have to rent it no we wanted to be able to come and go as we pleased but if we'd spent a lot of money we would have been more compelled mm. to rent it so that's what took us up to Luca, and it was a lot less expensive and, mm. and I thought well it's close to Luca, the ski fields up the road, it's an hour to the coast, it's mm. easy access to Florence, mm. and it's really, we chose it because of its central location. Mm. And that's the same with Luca. You mm. know, from Luca, it's an easy trip to Florence mm. or pretty much anywhere you want to go. So, when you first came to the area, then, did you stay in Luca? We looked in Luca for an apartment and we found one, as I said, that mm. was in the Piazza. Cittadella. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. 
By Paris Bohemis. Yeah, which is my favourite restaurant. Yes. But it was, yeah, it was just too much money and it needed work and we didn't feel confident enough to do that. Mm-hmm. So the apartment we bought in Banya de Luca didn't need any work at all. No. No. We just, uh, in fact, I was the only person who ever looked at it. Oh. I agreed to buy another one, but the agent was not being very cooperative, so mm. I started looking at other properties, mm. and the, the agent said, oh, I've got one for you to look at tomorrow. So mm. turned up at the front door, Mum and Dad and the little boy are at the front door, and, and I said, oh, okay, well, I'll have this. <laughs> she said, well, come and look at the view. I said, yeah, it's lovely, I'll have this. Oh, wow. And she said, we've got a new bathroom mirror. Yeah, it's lovely, I'll have it. <laughs> And the little boy took me into his room and <laughs> showed me his bed. Oh. And I said, no, that's like we'll have it. So that was really we didn't do any research. Wow. We just, I stood on the bridge. You just knew. It was my 50th birthday and Jim said, oh, we'll, we'll come and look at another place. And I said, no, no, this is this is got everything we want. Yeah, but this is it, this is it for me. And people would say to me, how do you think it'll be? I said, I have no idea, ask me in a couple of years. Why not? But it's just, it's been, we've never regretted it. No. It's perfectly positioned though, where you are. It is. I mean, I can see, that's why I've got a great view up and down the river. I'm across the road from Bar Italia where I go every morning for my coffee I can be in Luca in half an hour. Mm. I come a lot to Luca mm. because mm. I really like it. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a great, great spot. Mm. So, so really, um, Banya de Luca found you then, really, didn't it, in a way? Sort of, yeah. yeah. You know, people were astounded that we didn't really do any research. Mm. But I know a lot of people who've bought in Italy, a lot of Australians, mm. in different parts, and they all, they've all said to me, you know, how do we make this work? I said, just try to fit in. Go to the mm. local bar, make friends, mm. buy what you can in the village, mm. learn Italian, mm. and you'll be accepted. Yeah. If you don't do those things, you'll be accepted, but at arm's length. Yes. Yeah. But if you make an effort to fit in, Italians will make you welcome. They are, yeah. Well, I feel completely at home here. As much at home as, mm. as I do in, in Australia. Well, it is obvious when, 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 when um, because I, I come and meet you sometimes, don't tell me, go in Bar Italia and have a pastry and a coffee. You know, you can see that the, the local people accept you. It's, yeah. it's, it's obvious, you know, that you're one of them, yeah. so to speak, you know, in the community. I think you're held in quite high regard in the community. And I think... Um, it's hard to make close friends. Yes. It, it, I mean, I was really lucky when I first went to Annie de Luca that I almost immediately met Tina, mm. oh. <laughs> who's now 84. Wow. Yeah. Is she really? Yeah. And she was born born in um, New York, but her family was from Banyan Luca and her father died when she was quite young. So she moved back when she was young. So she speaks with a Bronx accent, English with a Bronx accent, and also perfect <laughs> Italian. And Rena doesn't speak any English. So I used to go to dinner with them at Marco's, <laughs> and um, I would use the miserable bit of Italian I had, and Tina would finish the sentences for me, <laughs> which is pretty much how I learned Italian. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they've both become close friends, and I, I don't know what I'd have done without them. So yeah. I was... Really lucky that I met them mm. when I first came, mm. but I have made other other Italian friends. But it's not it's not easy. They've made their friends, you mm. know. They've grown up with, mm-hmm. gone to school, grown up with mm. them. That's so mm. not really looking for new friends. No, 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 they're not. But it's like you say though that if you make an effort, they're very, very welcoming. Oh yes, I you know I sit at the bar and talk to people, mm. but you know, they're friends, but they're not close friends. Yes, yeah. And um, I, th- you vague, I vaguely remember you telling me a story when you were. Was it when you? Was it the first week you were here? And uh, well, in in Banya de Luca in Pontesoralio, and were you getting the bus somewhere? And you weren't sure where to get the bus. <laughs> well, that was lovely, Paolo, who used to run Bar Italia, and I was standing in the piazza waiting for a bus, and he's very tall. He walked over to me and he leaned down and he said. Now, Signora Debra, the bus, you please from the other side of the road. <laughs> I didn't know which way Luca was no, no. <laughs> waiting for the bus. <laughs> yeah, he, my Paolo was lovely. He was yeah. the first person I met in Banya de Luca. Yeah. And he's, um, yeah, he's a friend. Yeah. 
I came over for their wedding and I've been through their separation. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 20 years nearly. Well, that just shows how lovely they are because, I mean, he could have just left you stood there. He could have, yes. Yes, and then exactly, and he didn't. Yeah. He, he knew you, you were wanting to go to Luca, so he, <laughs> he came and rescued you. <laughs> Another time I got a bill and I didn't understand what it was and I was walking across the bridge and I said, Paolo, what's this? And he said, no, I'm the senor, it's the mountain tax. I said, it's what? What? And he said, it's the mountain tax. You live in the mountains, you pay a mountain tax. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. <laughs> uh, I've not heard of that one. He, he um, I could, when I first came, I set up the gas and the electricity and everything else for the apartment, but I couldn't do the phone because you had to do it over the phone. And I, anyway, I just, he, I went to him and I said, Paolo, I can't do this. So he phoned Tim for me and three days later I had a phone connection. Oh, that's wonderful. So, you know, the people have been wonderful. Mm. Been really good. Mm. Yeah. So um, you mentioned before that um, you're from Australia mm-hmm. and that's quite a trek. It is. Um, it takes me about a day and a half to get to Bainu de Luca. But I, I, I used to have friends in Hong Kong so I'd stop there for a few days or... And then I always stop in Helsinki because my family is Finnish and uh, I love Finland, so I break it up so mm. that I, I usually don't fly straight through. Mm. I don't stop in Hong Kong anymore because my friends are not there, but I still do Helsinki. I mm. stay there for a couple of days and then come down to Italy. So, so it makes it more pleasurable. But yeah, because I'm not in a hurry, I mm. can do that. So I'm on the way back, I stop in Helsinki and then home. But mm. well, I mean, this last um, this last year or so has been a lot different. A lot different. <laughs> well, I arrived in Italy last year in February, the, the day the first person died in Bergamo. Oh, really? If I had, if my ticket had been three weeks later, I wouldn't have been able to come. No. And I'm glad that I was here mm-hmm. because um, I'd have been stuck in Australia all this time, and mm. I would have been furious. Yes. <laughs> As it is, I've been stuck in Italy. Yes. Um, but that's that's okay. Mm. You know, I was in isolation last year for three months because we have another house in Pajemali and I was, mm. uh, got a big garden and I chose to isolate up mm. there mm. because at least I could be outside. And that was a forced isolation for our residents, wasn't Everybody. it? Everybody. Yeah. We were in lockdown for nearly mm. three months. Mm. So I was three months alone up in the, mm. uh, the mountain house. Sounds idyllic, that. <laughs> well, it was interesting. But I, our gardener would come up and help occasionally, but we didn't, he didn't come into the house and we no. didn't work together. Mm. We, we kept our distance. But at least I had someone to talk to occasionally. But apart from that, I just used to phone home in the mornings and mm. talk with friends. And yeah. it's, it's a lot different. It's made it a lot different because of the technology available, isn't, hasn't oh, it? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're not as isolated. Not as isolated as, as mm. you would otherwise have mm. been. But, you know, it was three months alone on the side of a mountain. Mm. And I, at first I was reluctant to even go down to the supermarket, mm. so I was just doing that sort of once a fortnight, but then I got a bit braver and went more often. Mm. And then again this year um, we were in lockdown and then I fell over in the garden and broke my ankle. So <laughs> it was another two months on the side of the mountain, this time in a wheelchair. Oh, that, that, that sounds... Uh... Painful. Mm. How did you find... Was there somebody with you? Was there somebody there? I had a friend come to stay with me once I got out of hospital. Otherwise, mm. it, I, I wouldn't have been able to stay out there. No, no. Uh, I needed help. Mm. Um, but it, once again, it was better to be out there because lockdown, stuck in the apartment in Bangi de Luca, I wouldn't have been able to go outside at all. No, because you had the steps and everything, didn't you? <clears throat> I had steps. At, well, I've got steps in both places, but um, I got around it. mm mm-hmm. So was somebody there when you fell? Were you, you know? I was yes. Normally, if I'm working in the garden, I keep my phone in my pocket. Yeah. But Filippo, the boy who helps me, was there, and I was pulling a hose, and I stepped back into a little hole. I heard, I heard my bones snap. Oh no! <laughs> and then when I tried to stand up, my foot went sideways. So I thought, hmm, this is serious. Um, it didn't hurt, which is bizarre. well, that's good. That's a blessing. Hurt. And Filippo, I eventually called out to him and he came running. But our road was being dug up. It was the first day the workmen were there. So the ambulance couldn't get up to the house. I had to be carried out on a chair. 
which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny because at that point it still wasn't hurting. Mm. Um, once they put me in the ambulance and I was lying down, it was hurting. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway. So you, 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 so you had to navigate the, the Italian national sure. health? I did. Well, fortunately, um, I got my Tessa, Tessa Sanitaria this year. Normally we travel with travel insurance, but yeah. with COVID you can't get it. Ah, so, so what's the TESA? It's the National Health System. So okay. I paid to join it. Ah. I mean, I would have been treated anyway. They wouldn't have turned me away. Mm. But that just made everything so much easier because the first thing they do is say, TESA are sanitary. And they... So hand it over and I, I didn't have to pay for anything. Mm. Um, and I went to Castle Nuovo Hospital, that's why I was taken, which has a good orthopaedic reputation mm-hmm. apparently. Mm-hmm. The hospital's basic. Mm-hmm. With COVID you get no visitors mm-hmm. and normally your visitors would take your washing away and mm-hmm. bring you food mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen now. No. Um, but I, my, my recovery is excellent. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that the orthopaedic surgeons did a great job. Yeah. I don't ever want to go through it again. But, 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 you know, they've done a great job. Yeah. And I had had to go down to the hospital every couple of weeks to have things checked, and Filippo did that for me. He took me down, speaks Italian, and knows how to navigate the system. I think it would be very difficult if you didn't have someone Italian to do it with Mm. you. I think that would be... Mm. Quite difficult. So I suppose that's that's um, one of the reasons why you need good health insurance, so you've got somebody on the end of the phone that can perhaps help with that, or put you in contact with a local that can help. Well, you should have some kind of insurance. Mm. But as I said, we've always just had travel insurance, mm. which covers everything. Mm. But I've never had to use anything before. No, and you've been coming here so many years. Yeah. yeah. But no, I'm really happy that I did the. So can anybody? Yep. Well, you. I have a permesso di soggiorno. I was going to ask you about yeah, that. So yeah. I have a permesso di soggiorno. I'm not a resident. No. But I have a permesso di soggiorno, so I was able to apply. Ah. You have to have something. I think mm. you either have to be a resident or have a permesso. Mm. I'm, I'm not absolutely sure about that, but mm. in my case I have a permesso. Mm. Which is why I got the Tessera Sanitaria, because mm. you have to have health insurance. Yes. And because travel insurance wasn't available, mm. I signed up for the mm. local health insurance. Is it expensive? It depends on your income. Oh, really? It's means tested. Ah. So if you earn not very much, it's not I think much. it's only a couple of hundred euros a year. Mm. Pre-COVID... What sort of time periods did you spend? Because I know you spent part of your year in, in is it Brisbane, I think yeah. it is, isn't it? And part of your year... I, did, I do usually do six months in each place, but I do it in two trips. I come in February, I go back to Australia in June because I really like... I don't like the summer here, I find it too hot. Mm. And winter in Brisbane is perfect. I mean, it's 22 degrees wow. today in the middle of winter yeah. in Brisbane. So I like to go home... For that, and then I come back in autumn for a couple of months. So mm. I sort of do four months here, three months at home, two months here, three months at home, and start again. Start again, yeah. yeah. Because that's interesting now. Because now the UK has come out of um, come, come out of don't 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 get me going on it. It's come out of Europe. We're on a similar exactly. Yeah. So Brits now will only be able to stay ninety days in hundred and eighty. Mm-hmm. Unless you apply for a permesso, this is the permesso, isn't it? Yeah. So, what what is a permesso sojourn? Permission to stay. Yes, um, I have to. I, I've got my first one about fifteen years ago. Yeah, and now I renew it every year. So technically, I can stay here for the whole year, but for to keep keep my Italian residency and my tax status in Australia, I need to spend six months and one day in Australia. I mean, that's out the window mm. at the moment, but that's what I will go back to. Yes, yes, of course. They've had to postpone, uh, sorry, suspend everything now, haven't exactly. they, because of COVID, because yeah. you just can't travel. It's can't too risky, travel. isn't it? Exactly. And too I, risky. I don't want to be a resident here because there are tax implications mm. for that too. Mm. 
which I don't know that have been enforced, but at some stage all the everything will be on computer and connected yeah. and, and it will. It will, yeah. yeah. So we, we, we like to do things the right way. It's, it's best, isn't it? And, and also because it, Italian bureaucracy, it can be a nightmare sometimes. It is a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, this year getting my permesso renewed was, uh, <laughs> was interesting because I, I went down in a wheelchair for my interview and normally I can wait hours and I was just straight in and I was out in five minutes but the worst thing I've ever had to do here was get my driver's license that's the hardest one because Australia and Italy don't have a reciprocal agreement so I had to sit the theory test no and the driving test all in Italian Yep. No, I was able to do it in English, but now it's in Italian. Yeah. Like two months after I got my driver's licence, it changed. But doing it in English was a nightmare. The translation book, which is four, <laughs> there's 4,000 possible questions in the book that, the books that I was going through because mm. they were sample questions, mm. 4,000. Wow. And they're asked in a completely ambiguous way mm. and the translations were full of mistakes. Yeah. So I used to go to the driving school every day and, and say, I think the answer to this is yes, but it's actually no. Why is that? Oh, my senora is valuable. It's a mistake. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so I sort of had to learn it in English and Italian so that I could check what I was doing. Mm. And then you do it. It's online. You just go into the office and they, the questions are all there mm. and you had to say, Yes or no, mm. and you're only allowed to have a couple wrong. Mm. It's awful. Mm. So it's can you not, awful. if you have a driving <clears throat> license in another country, is this what you're saying? Because if it's a reciprocal, if it used to be that British people could just go in and swap it over. Okay, but I believe that you'll probably have to do a the test same now, as I did. Yeah. yeah. So be warned. Be warned. <laughs> it's not. It's not easy. It's no. You know, I, I, I mean, it's, a, it's 15 years ago that I did mine. But there were 4,000 possible questions and they're really complicated and you have to know the difference between a diesel engine and a petrol engine and insurance questions. And I'd say to them, why do I have to know this insurance stuff? I just call the insurance company. Yeah. But it's one of the questions you have to know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's learning. So bureaucracy aside, how easy do you think it is to live in Luca, Banya de Luca, you know? I don't think anything's particularly easy. Mm-hmm. Um, not that's and that's purely because of the language and mm-hmm. a different. You know, I know what to do in Australia. I know how to do things. Mm-hmm. I don't know here, mm-hmm. so I have to find out. Yes. So that's why you're saying it. Everything is a fact-finding mission. Everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. And even when you think, okay, I'm, I'm, I've done everything now. Yes. Something else will pop up. <laughs> And you don't know everything, <laughs> but you know it's not. It's 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 that's just part of the adventure, I suppose, isn't part it? Part of the adventure, and we can't. It's, it's not like home. No, I can't expect it to be like home. No, and if you can't deal with that, you can't stay. No, I was going to say that's got that's got to be part of it. You can't really come here and um, expect to be able to plant yourself here, and then expect to just live. Um, a life that you've lived in your own home place. No. You've got to be able to, you've got to know that you're going to have to adapt and it is going to be an adventure. And some, most things are going to be absolutely great and yeah. fun, but there are some going things to be... are not going to exactly. Be. But you know, that's kind of why you can't. Exactly. Sure. I mean, if I wanted it to be just like home, I'd stay home. Exactly. You know, in Australia, it's a, apart from the original inhabitants, mm. Australia's only a few hundred years old. So I, I find it absolutely fascinating that you can be in Luca and there's a Roman wall there. Exactly. So you know you can't expect it to be like home, and mm. if you if if that's what you want, mm. you will find it difficult. Mm. But if you're prepared to, and everything everything's different. The food's different. The supermarkets are different. The way everything's different. Mm. But that's that's, that's the beauty of yeah, it, isn't it? That's fine. I, that's yeah. Yeah, but if you have difficulty with that, you're going to have difficulty living here. Yes, of course. And learning the language, I think, is really important. It is. I don't understand why people come here and don't 
try to learn. And I know lots do. Mm. And you'll get by with English. You, mm. you will. Mm. You will get by, but you'll have a better time if you learn Italian. Exactly. Well, I, I was very reluctant. I, I didn't want to lead, because I know some people come and they want to lead an expat life. So some people come because the weather's better than where they live and mm-hmm. the, maybe there's more culture here and they want to live that life, but they, they don't particularly want to learn or they're not, it's not that they don't have a leaning towards languages. And that's, like you say, it's not, that, it's not that's easy. Fine. Learning another but language is not easy. It isn't easy, no, but I, I that was part of my adventure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm no, I'm not fluent by any means. I st- I'm still developing, I, I can get by, but I'm yeah. still developing my language. Mm-hmm skills but um i didn't really want to get into an expat way of life that's what i no, didn't want no i mean i ha- obviously i had friends here who are not mm. italian mm. and you know particularly up at the house in Bajemoli, no one up there speaks english no. at all no so everything i do up there mm. is in italian yes um and, and you, that it's, it's tiring yes yes <laughs> you know it's nice yes. to actually be able to talk to someone without having to think yeah yes yeah Mm. It is hard sometimes. But no, I, I, I didn't come here to just mix with no. foreigners. No, but that's interesting that, that that you've said that because I suppose if somebody was coming to live in a main town or city, mm-hmm. there's more chances that their language skills, that they're, they're, they're Eng- if, this, if they're English speaking, that they'll, that they'll be able to get by and take longer maybe if they want to learn the language. But if you go into sort of a hilltop village and live there, the chances of people speaking English are... Very remote. There you go. That's interesting. Well, yeah. there's a little Danish community up in Virginia. Really? Yeah, one family comes and their friends turn up and, and they're only mostly here for the summer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they speak English. Mm. And one of my friends out there is Danish mm. and speaks English and mm. Italian. But apart from that, um, me and Filippo, who helps me in the garden, doesn't speak a word of English. no. And that forces me yes. to, to, to yeah. learn Italian. Yeah. And that's a good thing because I'm a mm. bit lazy and I need to be forced. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you come here and don't learn Italian, you will get by, but you mm. will have a much better time. It's more fun, isn't it? It's more fun and you can talk to strangers and, mm. you know, people that you meet at the, at the bar mm. and you can just have a chat mm. and that's, that's great. So do you have a typical day? My typical day is that I go across to Bar Italia in the morning and have my coffee and my apple sfoglia. <laughs> um, and then I, from there I plan the rest of the day. And mostly I don't make plans because mm. things come up. That's typical of Italy though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, something will happen. Someone mm. will say, oh, I'm going here, do you want to come? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to go there for lunch? Mm. Or... Um, you know, I'm going down to the coast, would you like to come? Mm. Or, you know, so there's, I try not to plan anything much. Mm. Um, I do do normal things. I've got a sewing machine here and, you know, when I, there's nothing much else going on, I'll sit at home and sew because mm. um, I need to be doing something. And, of course, when I'm up at the Gemily, most of my day would be spent in the garden because mm-hmm. we've got a huge garden. But mostly I, I don't make plans. Mm. Like the other day I went to Bar Italia at 8.30 in the morning and ended up going home at 2. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry turned up, then Paul turned up, then some new people who were buying an apartment near me from America turned up. And so you know, started to go home at 2 o'clock. Yeah. And that's lovely. It is, and that, that's very typical, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is yeah. typical, and yeah. I like those days. They're all lovely, unexpected, aren't they? So I kind of get a bit disappointed when I go out to the bar and there's no one there that I know. <laughs> I but no, there's I find no, that hard to believe that you well, don't know anybody. Well, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, no typical days. And, of course, when my husband's here... We travel all over Italy. Mm. You know, we've been right from the north to to Sicily and Puglia, uh, all over. My son came just before COVID, and mm. we went up to Piemonte, and because he's a winemaker, so he was really wow. interested in that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yes because it's so easy. You, you know, it's so easy to get around. We we've got a car, so. Mm. I can drive everywhere. But I used to do it on trains. And if I'm going if I'm going to Florence, I don't drive, I get the train. Yes, it's easier. But if I was so. going up to Venice or somewhere by myself, I'd probably get the train. Yes. 
if there's two of us, we're more likely to drive. Because mm, you can share the drive. It's the same as wherever you live, though, yeah. I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's the same sort of thing, yeah, isn't but it? I yeah. generally don't drive into cities. Um, no. They're quite difficult in a car to navigate, aren't they? Because they have, they call them ZTL zones, oh, don't yeah, they? The, yeah, limited zones. Yeah. Yes. We got two fines in Bologna yeah. within 20 minutes, and it, mm. was, it was 150 euros. Mm. And by the time I got the the fines, I was back in Australia and then I came back and paid them and a year later I got to pay them again because it was late. <laughs> so it was 300 and yeah. something euros. And you just can't mistake. argue with them. You can't, yeah. you can't argue. No, no. Um, and you just have to pay it. Mm. So very wary of driving in cities. Yeah, I must admit. I know um, in the past I've... Oh, in Luca. It was actually in Luca. One of the first times, it was when I was staying in Bandage Luca <laughs> and I must have thought, oh no... I can't go that way. That's and, and I sort of turned round or gone round what a fountain, <laughs> yeah. and it must have just hit just it, just hit it. Got, yeah. But because yeah. it was a higher car, because with the fines usually, if you pay within a quick period, is it yeah. about a week or something? Mm-hmm. It's a reduced amount, isn't it? But the the fine goes to the higher company, exactly. And then the higher company it, yeah. to you. So I think I'd been here. I think I'd been here in the May, and I'd been here. In the October, mm-hmm. and I think the fine came in the December, and it was for the May, right. and that's when I got it. So by that time, it had doubled, trebled, yeah. or whatever it had done, it just and I just had up. to just had to just, just had to, to pay, pay it. it. Yeah, just had to suck it and mm. get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you've got to be careful. So I stopped driving in stopped driving in cities then. Well, way back when we were here, not long after we first bought the apartment, we were driving in Monte Pulciano, and I said to Jim, "I wonder what senso unico means." <laughs> We found out we're driving one way down, the wrong way down the one way main street. And people were waving at us and we're thinking, oh, what's wrong? And somebody eventually jumped out in front of the car and said, you're going the wrong, wrong way. way. But there was nothing we could do. No. We had to keep going. Yeah, because it's quite narrow on Spool Chiano, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We were lucky not to get a fine there. Yeah. But we didn't. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been back to Monte Pulciano a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was just so devastatingly quiet. Mm. I really mm. hope that some businesses will survive this. Yeah. I went, oh, when I was here last year, I got there was a gap in the travel. So mm-hmm. I could yeah. come Yeah, I came July, August last year. And I went to Monte Pulciano. It's so I went on, it was um, two trains and a bus. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And I did, and I was really pleased I had. And um, it was, it was quiet. Very quiet. So it's still quiet. Well, this is probably just before a lot of the Germans and Northern Europeans started arriving, but it was Mm. devastatingly quiet. Mm. I felt really sorry for Mm. it. It's all set up, ready to go. It's a beautiful place. It's gorgeous. There's nobody there. No. No, it is. It is. It's so pretty. So pretty. It's so clean, isn't it, Montepulciano? Yeah. All the buildings, it's as if they've all had a jet wash. Yeah. But all of those towns in that area are lovely. Montalcino, mm. Pienza, mm. Siena, they're all lovely. Well, that brings me nicely on to the quick fire questions. Okay. So, do you have a favourite Italian word or phrase? Siamo in Italia. <laughs> that explains everything. When something goes wrong, yeah. Siamo in Italia. We're in Italy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it all the time yes. for everything. Good things. Yeah. And bad ones. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It is. It's a good one, that one. Oh, we're in Italy and it just sort of, it's a... a what did you expect? Yes, exactly. What do you expect? Yeah. And so what about restaurant? Do you have a favourite restaurant? In Luca? Well, Luca or any, well, anywhere in sort of Luca or the province of Luca. Well, in Luca, my favourite is Paris-Bohem with yeah. Lewis and David because they've, yeah. they've become friends. Yes. And I'm always welcomed with a hug, not, COVID, not in COVID times. No, no, but, no, but they are. But yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's always fun to go there and the food's lovely, but yeah. it's as much about the personality of the, the boys it that is. run it. because yeah. David is quite is the quiet one. David's of the quiet one, and he, but he's, he's also lovely, and I have been other places for dinner with them. Ah. And David's actually, um, he's quite chatty. Uh, yeah. when, he, when he's at work, he's in the kitchen. Yes, yeah. And Lewis gets to be the fun guy out the front. He is, yeah, he is, <laughs> and he is fun. 
what he's saying. fun. He's hilarious. Yeah. It's a real experience. It is it? an experience, and I recommend everybody go there and introduce themselves to Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you say Deborah sent you, you'll get extra special treatment. <laughs> you, you will. I'm, yeah, I know you. Will. I did. The, I did the first time I went, so because you recommended them to me, so yeah, I can uh, collaborate that. Yeah. So what about outside? You recommended. Is it on the way to? It's in the Garfagnana. Is it the, the monastery? Oh, Eremodi Kolomini. That's yeah. it. There's a monastery dug into the side of the cliff and there's a little restaurant just up from there that's uh, it's very good. It's, you know, simple, mm. inexpensive. Yeah, it's, it's good food. Yeah. It's a lovely place to go for lunch, isn't it? It's a great place. It's got great views over the valley below. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, and de Luca's got some nice restaurants. We've got Del Sonno and Chapelo di Forestieri, which is always good. So we've, we've got plenty of choice. Mm. I like to go to Barga. Um, there's some lovely restaurants there. Alfonso is excellent. Yeah, we have lots of choice. Yes. Yeah, you're never short of some good food. No, <laughs> I do miss Australian food. I do. Yeah. Um, I mean, here you can pretty much just get Italian food, which mm. is fine, and I don't want them to change. No. But I do miss... We, we have food from all over the world. Right. So where I live, within five minutes, I can eat Spanish, Italian, Chinese, Thai. Yeah. You name it. I've, mm. And it's good. Yes. So yeah. I miss that. Yes. Miss the bread. But, but so. I don't really want Italy to change. No, 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 no. I no. don't want them to do no. that. No, 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 no. I don't want a fish and chip shop on every corner. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. I know. Because well, you need something to look forward to when you go home, don't you? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And what about your favourite pasticceria? Um, well, it has to be Bar Italia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Annalisa makes them more. Well, Stefania makes them. But they're very good. Great variety. I mean, I've been other places. Even in Monte Pulciano, I went to this the wonderful cafe there, the famous one, which I can't remember. Is it the... Is it the is it Pol- the, it's Poliziana. Poliziana, yeah, yeah. that one. Fabulous. Gorgeous. But they only it? had three types of pastries, and I'm thinking... Oh. You need Annalisa here to take yeah. care of this. Yeah. She's got a great selection she, and they're very good. Mm-hmm. And Paolo and, and Fornelli as well. Yeah. That's good ones at Cafe Catana. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, they'd be my two favourite. Yes. And then what about your favourite gelateria? We've got a good one in Fornelli. Oh, tell me about that one. I can't think of the name of it, but they actually sell to other places and they've just renovated and they've got, you can see the manufacturer of the, really? of, the, um, of the gelato, and it's excellent. I always go for pistachio. If they do a good pistachio, you know you're on a winner. I, I love pistachio. <laughs> yeah. It's gorgeous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And they use the Bronte pistachio, and oh, it's excellent. And maybe you can look up the name. I will. I was going to say, I'll look that up, yeah. and I'll put it in the episode yeah. notes. Because it's really, really very good. Mm. But in, in Luca, there's some good ones. Yeah. Mm. The one near the amphitheatre, Veneto, I think it's called. Yes. That's very good. Mm. So if somebody was going to come to, um, I want to do some recommendations. So if somebody was going to come to Luca just for the day. Well, you have to walk around the wall, yeah. or at least part of it. You don't yeah. have to do the whole lot. But, you know, it would be as you couldn't possibly go with Luca without doing a section of the wall. Mm. Um, it's for 4.2 kilometres, I think. Yeah. And it's beautiful at any time of the year. It's mm. wonderful. Winter, spring, summer, autumn, it's always wonderful. And if you do it regularly, you know, you see the changes, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been in every season, so I've seen it in snow, sunshine, bare trees, and they have orange the, trees. It's um, the conkers. They're ginormous, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Absolutely ginormous. I'd forgotten until you said then at that time of year. Yeah. Is that the autumn? Your best your trip knowing well, these Well, they, they grow through summer and then they turn brown in autumn and fall off. Mm. But they're ginormous on the floor, aren't they? Yeah, they're huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're the plane trees, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Pick them all. Yeah. Mm. And the tilio and tilio in spring because they've got those, yeah. the yellow flowers that are fall in heaps and it smells divine but they make a mess of your car if they fall in <laughs> no or Luca definitely do that but the amphitheatre look in Luca I think you just have to walk yeah. and, and and it doesn't have a leaning tower or anything spectacular like that mm. but it's a beautiful city it's walkable it's big enough that 
you'll always find something new mm. that's small enough that it's quite intimate. Mm. Um, it's got good shopping, it's got good restaurants, mm. and you can, you know, go up to the, climb the Gwynegi Tower at sunset. That's mm. lovely. It's pretty special, isn't it? It is special. I mean, I don't know anyone who doesn't like Luca. No. And, you know, I, like I said, if someone's to, to ask what what is it, it's just the whole town. It's like you said, it's it's just walking, just being there, yeah, isn't being it? There. It's, yeah. it's the environment, the atmosphere. Yeah. It's hard to put a, a, an exact word on it. It is, because it? it's it's just uh, it's just a beautiful city and it's livable. As I said, it's it's big enough to... F- I, mean, I can go there and still find new things. Yes, yeah. And then go back to all my familiar places that I really like. Yeah, because you have, like you say, you have the, the places that are always going to be there and are always there. But yeah. then you have, each time you come, you'll say, oh, that wasn't there last time. But it's changing a lot. And one of the things I'm not so keen on is there's these little supermarkets turning up everywhere. In the centre. Mm. And I'm not happy about that mm. because that means we'll lose the little alimentaries. Yes. And I think that's a real shame. It is because those, those are what... It's the local people that have the little alimentaries, isn't but it? But that's to me, that's what Italy should be. Yeah, small shops, and I try to buy from small shops wherever I can. Mm. Uh, even in, in Vanni de Luca, we've got a little fruit and vegetable shop, which has just been there for a few years. And before I go to the supermarket, I go there. Yes, <laughs> and get what I can from her, mm-hmm. and then supermarkets of other things but mm. for fresh food I, mm. I try to buy it from mm. a small retailer yeah. because I think that well to me that's what Italy is and I think it's a I think it's a real shame that supermarkets are turning up in Luca. Yeah. There's about four inside the walls now. Mm. And that's a shame. Because Pam opened up long since a couple of years ago with what yeah, when I came here, there there was a t- one small conad inside the wall. That's in Via Carmine, isn't yes. it? The, the old one, yes, the, old the old conad. One. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so in in you know eighteen eighteen nineteen years, it's totally changed. Because mm-hmm. there's another conad, isn't it? On Via, uh, not <coughs> oh, not yeah, there's at least four inside the Vittorio walls. Manuela. That, there's one on there, isn't there? And then there's mm-hmm. the Pam. Yeah, and you've got the longer outside the walls, haven't yeah, you? Yes, well, there's. Several of those. There's a big one like just outside the wall. There's another one over here. Mm. So anyway, well, you can't stop progress, I suppose. But I don't. I don't think it's progress. No, it's just it's just how it is, isn't it? It's just what's happening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's a pity because uh, you know the, the small shops will all eventually go, mm. and you won't have that choice. Well, that's what's happened in the UK, and uh, COVID's accelerated that. Mm. Right. Um, so the, the supermarkets are opening and the supermarkets are not just <coughs> the big ones. They've got different size ones and smaller yeah, ones. We've got those too. Have you got yeah. them in Australia? Yeah. yeah. But, but it, it is actually turning around a bit in Australia. I think people are, not everybody obviously, but people are starting to think, if we don't use these, mm. we won't have them and mm. we won't have the choice. Because they're great supermarkets. great to have oh, the supermarket. Great. Yeah, yeah, they great. have the place, don't yeah. they? But not in the centre, like you say, not no, in the centre of Luca. Not in the centre of Luca. Luca. No. That's not necessary. No. no. So if somebody was coming to Luca or the area, the province of Luca, for a week or two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. you know a longer stay than a day, what recommendations for them to say so you can't come here and not see you do visit? Well, it's a, it's a train trip to, to Florence. Yes. Which is, yeah. you know, that's easy. Mm. Uh, it's an easy day trip. Mm. It's an hour, 20 minutes on the train if yeah. you get the direct train. Yeah. Nearly two hours if you don't. Yes. <laughs> you to check that one. I would, I mean, you probably have to go to Pisa mm. and you can climb the tower now. That's mm. actually very well organised. And yeah. people think that Pisa is... Not a nice town, but it is. It's lovely. Mm, mm. And the other thing that you, people tell you that the tower's leaning, we all know it's leaning, but it's beautiful. It is beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. The Piazza del Miracoli is gorgeous. absolutely stunning. And a few years ago they got rid of all the, the crummy stands around it. Mm. So it's really lovely now. Mm. So Pisa. Because you've got the baptistry as well, haven't you? The baptistry, the church and, yeah. the, and the cemetery. No, it's stunning. And then also Pisa, I think, is worth a visit. I think mm. people, you know, the main, the historical centre with the Borgo Stretto, it's, it's lovely. Mm. 
And the, the, the piano goes through yes, there. Yes, it does. It's beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. And it's a good contrast, isn't it, to, to, to Luca as well? Yeah, it's quite it's, different. It's, but every town's different. And yeah. that's the thing that I still find astounding, that you can go from one town to the next and they're all different. Yeah. So there's different, slightly different architecture, different layout. Yeah, it's great. But, I, you know, I also love Pietra Santa and Forte de Marmi. Yeah. So, but there's lots of things. You can go to the Marble Mountains, Carrara. But, no, you don't want to spend too much time away from Luca. You need to give it a good few days. Oh, to, yes. To, and the, the best part about coming to Italy and the reason that we bought a place here is not to just look at it. Mm. It's to live it. Mm. You know, I would say to anyone when you get here, find your nearest bar and go there every day. Mm. By the third day, the, the barista's going to know what you've ordered. Yes. He'll have your coffee there for you. Yeah. And you will see familiar faces and you mm. might even be able to strike up a conversation. Mm. So that's what I would do. Wherever I, whatever, wherever I was going to stay for a week, I would find a local bar mm. and become a regular. Mm. And they remember you when you go back, so it's sort of... Well, now I stay in Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not stayed in Banja Luca now for about mm. six years, maybe. Mm-hmm. And but every time I come to Luca, I always at least once, and usually more than that, mm. get the tram. I need to come and see you, don't yeah. I? Usually yeah. meeting <laughs> bar Italian, we have a, a good catch up, don't we? But uh, Annalisa and Suzanne, Susanna, yeah. they always remember me, and they always really yeah. pleased to see me and say how lovely it is to see you. And, yeah, it's great. And when yeah. I when I was first here. And I went to Luca regularly. I actually got to know a few people in some of the shops. Yes. And it was a really good way of learning Italian. Yes. Because uh, there were a little handful of them that would always find time to talk to me. Yeah. And they understood that my Italian wasn't great, so they used simple sentences. Yes. And I actually got to know a few of them. And... And they, you know, you'd be welcomed back each time. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's nice to have you back and a couple of coffee shops that I, the bars that I went to, oh, you're back, you know. Yeah. So even months later, they'd greet you and I actually, it's nice. But I had a, I had a friend, a, a cousin staying with me from Finland and we went to Luca and we stopped in a few places and she said to me, you know everybody. Well, I don't. But, you know, I'm taking you to my favourite places. Yes, yeah. And then we went into yeah. Florence, and same thing. Happened. She said, you know "Everybody in Florence." I said, "No, I don't." But I know a few people. That's and, right. But what was really funny was we went down to Forte de Mami to the markets. Oh yes. And there was one of the African boys selling umbrellas, <laughs> and he said, "Oh, Deborah." <laughs> My cousin said, you, 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 you've got to be joking. I said, no, 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 he knows me because he comes to Banyu to look at me. But that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah it is. But, you know, it's amazing. But it is how, just how it is, isn't it? It's how it is. You know, people mm. recognise you and are happy that you're back. And Yeah, and if you, like you say, if you make that effort. If you make an effort. They will yeah, remember you. They will remember you. Yes. Yes. But, and one of the things that you need to do in Italy, which we don't really do in Australia is when you walk into an establishment you say buongiorno yes if you don't mm-hmm. they will think that you're rude they don't you don't want to talk to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the case but no. if, if, if you've just got to say buongiorno mm-hmm. and you can then strike up a conversation if you don't say that they will assume that you don't want to talk, talk. To them. yes yeah that, that, that I've noticed that myself it's, it's mm-hmm. a really good tip yeah, just learning a few words of Italian is, is, is essential, I think. Well, I've, I feel so privileged that you've um, agreed to do this podcast no, because it, it is fun, isn't it? But it's sort of your knowledge um, and it's expanded because of the blogs. You know, yeah. it, it's it's sort of, you know so much about not just Luca and Banya de Luca, but, you know, sort of the surrounds and beyond yeah. And I, I would highly recommend anybody to, if they, if, you know, to go on the blog just, just, to, just to get a taste of Italy. Mm. But also, if they are planning to go somewhere, you know, the photographs. It's, it's a very, they're very good blogs because they're not too wordy, and you've got no. the photograph and you've got the small amount of text with them. Yeah, um, people have busy; they don't have time to do exactly. 
great chunks. Of and that's the beauty of them, though, because you can get a taste yeah. and you can explore further if you want to. Mm-hmm. So that's really good. So please don't stop doing the blogs because they're, they're appreciated by so, so many people. Well, I do it now because I want to. And like mm. I said, it's a good record for me yes. as well. I can yeah. go back and... Oh, yeah, that's what I did here. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, it's a memory for you. Yeah. And I'm also going to check out this... Um, the ice this, cream place. The ice cream place yeah. in Fornally. I can't remember the name of no. it. It's very good. Yeah, I'll do that. So, Deborah, thanks okay. so, so Wonderful. much. It's been, it's been absolute a real joy. Thank good. you. Thank you. What a jam-packed episode. I wonder why I feel that this interview has only just scratched the surface. Deborah's love and passion for Italy, and particularly Luca and Vanya de Luca, just ekes out of every sentence. I will certainly continue to use Deborah's blogs for recommendations and for inspiration when planning future travels. Do check out Deborah's blogs, details of which can be found in the episode notes, and also on my website, lifeinluca.podbean.com. It's a real privilege to see Italy through her eyes. So, until next time, adopo.